If you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, then you know that one of the biggest things you go through is extreme anxiety during that relationship. It can be crippling. It can make you stop talking to other people. It can make you just completely focus on what the narcissist wants and needs and nothing else. Anxiety can also affect your attention span and researchers have found a connection between anxiety and ADHD. In fact, it could actually be the cause of your ADHD, having gone through a toxic relationship with a narcissist and getting CPTSD or complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, this is all theory, but it's also possible that growing up with a narcissist could lead you to ADHD just through the trauma of that. Have you ever thought about the possibility of CPTSD as a result of being raised by or in a relationship with a toxic narcissist might be connected to ADHD? As someone who has personally been raised by and in relationships with narcissists over the years, I was diagnosed with ADHD at age 35. Obviously, doing what I do and being the nerd that I am, I wanted to find out if that was connected because it occurred to me many of the symptoms that you see in people with ADHD, you also see in people with CPTSD. And I noticed something interesting in our community, in the narcissistic abuse recovery community, I noticed that there are many people, probably more than you see in the standard population, who do say, I've been diagnosed with ADHD. And then there are even more who say, well, I haven't been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I have it. So what's that about? Let's talk about it. There are so many other factors that could cause ADHD, one of which is genetics. Another one is they may have been exposed to lead early in childhood. They may have other issues, different brain chemistry, all kinds of things. Brain injury can cause it. And we don't always recognize brain injury when it happens, just so you know. ADHD doesn't always indicate trauma. On the flip side of that, I think it's probably been more common than we realized, but only recently have, I mean, and when I say recently, I mean within the last 25 years, have doctors really become fully aware of what it is. And I think we're continuing to learn about it as we go. So yeah, you're gonna see it diagnosed more often, but maybe because it's always been there and we're just now starting to recognize it. Thoughts? Let me know. I'm not saying that every person who has ADHD experienced trauma in childhood. Not at all. What I am saying is that some researchers will say that both ADHD and CPTSD are the result of childhood trauma. However, what we know for sure is that ADHD is something that is specifically cognitive. It's a neurological issue. CPTSD can also be a neurological issue, but it always results from some sort of trauma. Very often, trauma in childhood. So with ADHD, you already have executive dysfunction issues with memory, attention, focus, all that stuff. You see the same kind of issues with stress. When people are stressed, they lose all ability to focus real, real fast. When you couple the two, it is an exponential growth in how much worse it gets. Then say if the stress is connected to some sort of trauma, either acute or long-term, and you've got a toxic stew of awful. Yes, toxic stew of awful will be in the DSM-6. I have it on good authority. So when you have ADHD and you add trauma, you can increase the ADHD symptoms as well as add new symptoms like dissociation or fight, flight, or fawn, things like that. So CPTSD causes a certain amount of brain damage. And as we understand it, it is usually in the, in the right prefrontal cortex, which are involved in the regulation of emotion. These parts of the brain control emotions and reactions. So in other words, when you go through a long-term toxic relationship or you go through a long-term 
period of narcissistic abuse as a child and a teen and so on, you end up with a certain amount or a certain type of brain damage. So when you have those types of brain injuries, that's going to lead to emotional problems. So with ADHD, we know that we chase that dopamine hit, right? Because that's what we're lacking. So you have a lot of risk takers, you have a lot of adrenaline junkies, um, and when it comes to any type of narcissistic relationship, whether it's a family member, a coworker, a friendship, a significant other, those types of toxic relationships are like a roller coaster. It becomes like an addiction. And I think that that is why a lot of people with ADHD tend to get surrounded in toxic environments because we don't even realize that we're going through these ups and downs of emotion. And because we feel more intensely than most people, our reactions are going to be more intense. And that's exactly what a narcissist would want. CBTSD, which is, by the way, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, it affects almost every aspect of your life. Your thinking, your judgment, your emotions. You might also be a little shaky. You might sweat more than you should. I mean, these are just <laughs> the very tip of the iceberg. But what a lot of people don't know is that the brain is affected in other ways as well. The right hippocampus is responsible for memory, which means sometimes you, you lose your memory and the left prefrontal cortex, it's important for self-regulation. The good news is that with the proper treatment, therapy, et cetera, you can heal and return to normal, whatever that is. There are many self-help things you can do for this as well. So being a Gen Xer and a person who suffers from ADHD, this might uh, sound a little strange to you, but I find fidget toys to be very therapeutic and helpful when it comes to focus focus, which I lack sometimes. I've tried a lot of things, including a fidget ball, a fidget spinner with lights and without. Currently, I'm really digging this fidget cube. It's called an infinity cube, I think. It's very satisfying. So if you have ADHD, let me know, do you use fidget toys? And if so, which ones? To put it really simply, it's basically that when you go through this stuff, your brain forms connections that, for example, maybe it connects the smell of a flower to a bad memory. And so you hate flowers. So over the years, researchers have discovered that going through chronic fear, experiencing shame, obviously leads to depression and anxiety. When you experience chronic fear, like you do in childhood abuse, even if it's just, just emotional abuse, when you experience chronic anger, chronic shame at the hands of an abusive parent, for example, this leads to depression, anxiety, etc. Chronic fear. Like when I was a kid, I used to be afraid every day going home because I never knew what was going to be waiting for me. So I would feel sick to my stomach on the way home every day. That is one example of weird association, home and a sick stomach. I did struggle a lot with anxiety, a lot with depression, and I still do every now and then. When it starts early in childhood, this is especially traumatic to your developing brain. As I mentioned, it creates certain networks, certain connections, neural connections that are too strong. They're too extreme and they, they feel chaotic in your brain. So your brain's like, oh no, I'm not dealing with that. For example, if I walk into a room that's super cluttered and messy, I just have to walk right back out. Can't handle it. It's not because I'm a perfectionist. It's because it scares me a little bit. When I see it, my brain just goes, nope, not doing it. And that is a result of trauma. So this is 100% true on both parts. Number one, yes, the symptoms of sleeplessness can certainly mimic the symptoms of ADHD. And number two, narcissists do mess with your sleep. They call it sleep abuse. 
So what happens is they might start an argument with you and keep you up all night, or they might wake you up in the middle of the night screaming about something or acting crazy or even having some drama that's unrelated to you, but that you're required to be involved in. About seven years ago, I created a process for healing that I call the duo method. And that is discover, understand, overcome, and then evolve, which is the new addition. Discover the problem, recognize the problem. So the first step is to recognize that there is a problem at all right? So when you recognize, okay, maybe I do have CPTSD and maybe I do have ADHD, but what's the deal? Why is that? So recognizing I have issues. Then the second one would be to understand the issues. So do your research. This is what I do. And this only works for people who it works for. But when you learn to understand the problem, number one, you can pull it away from yourself a little bit, right? You can really target the root of the problem, find out what's wrong with you, find out how you got that way, find out what it was that caused these issues once you discover the issues. And then dig around. If you're the nerd that I am, you, you want to know all the specifics. You want to know about the research and the studies and all the things. And then you want to make the connections on your own, right? And, and in this process of learning to understand the issues that you have, you're also going to want to understand the person that caused the issues and yourself and how you were affected and how you can undo that stuff, right? At least that's how I roll. Not everybody wants to do all the research themselves. Some people need a little push in the direction of what's next? How do I handle this? Well, how do I deal with it? So the link between both ADHD and PTSD or CPTSD is quite simply the neurological damage that has led to each one. And in most cases, at least for CPTSD, it's trauma. ADHD may or may not have a genetic component, depending on who you ask, but it certainly also can be a result of trauma, especially if it begins in childhood. This also could connect with attachment theory. So what happens is when a child is traumatized actively by a parent or an ongoing caregiver or family member, the brain doesn't develop properly. And some researchers say this leads to the development of ADHD. Or if you happen to have ADHD and then you later experience trauma, it can actually lead to complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And some people say vice versa. So in some ways, having one could automatically, in some people, lead to having the other. I think focusing on awareness is the way to begin all of this. Understanding how these disorders are connected. So studies show the link between ADHD and CPTSD or complex post-traumatic stress disorder. They're caused by damage to the same part of the brain, as I mentioned. All of that is triggered by trauma. Trauma in this case doesn't refer necessarily to physical injury or physical violence, but it could include those things. In this case, we're defining trauma as anything that creates fear, stress, anxiety, etc. And this is because you're talking about your body's physical systems, right? So, so if you're always in fight or flight mode or freeze mode because you're stressed out and on edge at all times, your brain's going to have some effects. It's going to, not only will you get adrenal fatigue, but you will have all of these other issues, which again can lead to the brain damage we described. The damage is more likely to occur because of emotional or psychological abuse. And it has both long and short-term effects regarding brain development. ADHD and CPTSD have one other really big thing in common that I'm going to share with you today. Both of them are characterized by anxiety and an inability to concentrate. I got diagnosed with ADHD while I was with my narcissist because it got to the point where I couldn't concentrate on anything. I would, I like my attention span was gone towards the end. Um, like I had problems even piecing together like conversations. I would just forget what I was going at. It's crazy. I never realized I never realized that's why it was because I knew it was there and I knew it wasn't normal. And I know that it's like come back since then, but I didn't realize that it was because of them. A lot of times these symptoms don't appear to be connected, but research tells us 
that these symptoms are connected through mirror neurons in the brain's frontal lobe. So those mirror neurons help us understand how to recognize how someone feels based on their facial expressions and the way they move. But when those neurons are damaged because of CPTSD, some of us become unable to interpret other people's emotions. Others of us go a little deeper the other way. And I think a lot of people get judged for who they are coming out of a narcissistic relationship. People don't realize the impact. And something I realize is if you take the job, car, credit status, anything like external that you walked into the relationship with, and then what they brought into the relationship, compare it to what it was at the end. You will clearly see the flip-flop, the transfer of energy. So you used to be a high performer, a high functioning person, you no longer can. And I think a lot of people coming out of these relationships get judged so heavily. And it's like recovering your whole function again. You were backtracked so far. The best way I can compare it to is literally being a drug addiction because you bottom out from being with a human being. Either way, this can lead to a survivor of abuse becoming very afraid to leave the house or they can become filled with social anxiety and they, they don't want to be in crowds or even around anyone at all. This is part of the reason so many of us tend to isolate ourselves during or after narcissistic abuse. And social anxiety is another side effect of ADHD for some people. I have the clumsiness and lack of spatial awareness that comes with having ADHD. I also have the people-pleasing skills that comes with childhood trauma. The intersection of these two fuckeries in my life means that today I have bumped into two doorways and have apologized to both of them. There's so much more to share on this topic. If you're interested, leave me a comment. Let me know your reaction. Let me know your questions, your concerns, your comments, and what you want to know about. And I'll share more with you in the near future. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. And before I go, let me tell you two things. Number one, there will be a live stream series coming on this in the very near future. So make sure you hit the subscribe button if you are interested in that. You can also text Angie Live, all one word, to 33222 to be notified anytime I go live. Stay tuned. And as always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. While you're here, hit that subscribe button so that we can stay connected and continue this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.